Are you ready to turn your crafting passion into a thriving business? Join me, Kimberly Smith, the Paper Chef, for a creative journey filled with success stories, expert insights, and the crafty inspiration you've been waiting for. This is Hello Crafty Friends. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Hello Crafty Friends podcast. Today I'm joined by Susan Edwards. Susan is a Silver Elite demonstrator, an independent Stampin' Up! demonstrator from and with Stampin' Up! She joined in 2019, and prior to that, she was already a paper crafter, a crafter of all kinds, for 35 years. She lives in Aiken, South Carolina, with her husband of 42 years and her youngest son. Susan loves stamping, scrapbooking, and watercoloring. She's passionate about helping her friends and her customers develop skills and confidence so that they can create projects that they want to make. Susan enjoys teaching and inspiring others to love crafting as much as she does. And we're going to be discussing today making and selling crafts, how to organize crafting events, and what it's like to do something that truly lights you up and to follow your passion, because that's exactly what Susan does as she shares her gifts with the world. Welcome to my podcast, Susan. Hi, Kim. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Well, I'm excited and I am streaming this live on YouTube. So for the benefit of that, we may have some questions that come through in the live stream. So if we do, I will, you know, let you know what those questions are. So feel free. I see a couple ladies here already. Feel free to ask us some questions. Now, I want to start with what were you like as a little girl? And how ironically, anyone who knows me now knows that I will talk to anyone about anything. I am more extroverted than introverted. And um, I just kind of go with the flow for things. As a little girl, I was enormously shy. If I were in a room full of people, I had to be touching my mother or I wasn't going to walk through that room. Um, my father's family is very large. I mean, he's one of 12 children. So I had a zillion cousins and aunts and uncles. And my mother told me I would freak out when we went to the big family events. I now love those big family events and seeing all my family. But as a child, I was so introverted and shy that I found those those things very overwhelming. I was always artsy and a family of athletes. So that was kind of uh, torturous and fun. They would well, ask me- to, Like you started at a young age with your creativity. Yes, they would ask me to play softball and I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I just want to draw. I just exactly. want to draw. I just want to draw and play with my Barbies. <laughs> So when did this creativity blossom into all of your crafting hobbies like scrapbooking and watercoloring? Okay. I started painting in high school and it was more of oils. And then, you know, as I became an adult, I continued to watercolor in college. And then after college, I married and I continued watercoloring. I started quilting. I did other fiber arts. And then when I had children and I was home a lot, I went back 
to watercoloring. We went to the Olympics in 96, I think, as a family. Yep, it was the 96 Olympics. And I had a friend who in the next year or so went into creative memories. And she was going to teach us all how to scrapbook. So it was come to my house, bring a selection of pictures about the same event, and we will do this. And so I took my Olympic pictures there. And that was the beginning of scrapbooking for me. I have since scrapbooked all three of my children's entire lives through college, you know, from infancy through college, and it just grew. It 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 like grew exponentially from that point. Well, I'm sure they treasure those memories that you've been keeping for them. And I also went to I went to the Atlanta Olympics and it was like epic and I don't have a scrapbook from it, but the memories are up here. So great, so great. Now, when did you with the I used to use creative memories as, as well all those those fun things when did you move your talents into creating sort of 3d paper crafts which you're really specialized in now mm. i used can i say an electric die cutting machine use, yeah say whatever you want it we're crafters okay. yeah. i used a cricket use, for a really course, long time use, say whatever and you i want. had a rather lucrative relationship with provocraft okay. i was one of their um they're sponsored bloggers. And I like that. But then after a while, I was burning out. But I started using their products to make 3D projects. And before they came out with their current software, Design I could use their yeah. old software using shapes to build my own items. And way back in high school, I had this ability, it was, I was in an art class. I had this ability to look at something and see the shape of it and understand how to build that outline shape. So we had to do something where we were doing just partial drawings of a person. It was like a silhouette. And then you, I had a person who was standing by a window with her hand on the frame. People could tell who it was just by the few lines I added, because that looks so much like her with no face details or anything. So that really benefited me with the Cricut old software. So I, put I, I love that. I love that. That really does help put it, knowing how to put make 3D items without having software. Because yes. then you can use that with your, now you can use it with your scoreboard. Right. Do the same thing, but without the software. And that's that's really useful. So you you were doing this 3D crafting and when did you start selling those crafts, those crafts that you were making? I didn't do my first paper crafting craft show until December of 19, I'm sorry, of 2019. I joined um, Stamping Up as a demonstrator in March of 2019, which is a story unto itself, but we're going to skip over that and just say I'm coming up on my five-year anniversary. Hey, that's great. And that first year... It was a hobby for me, but I decided that the only way I was going to reach beyond my group of friends, my core group of friends who fortunately were also paper crafters, um, was to do this craft show and meet some additional people. So that was the first time I decided to sell my 3D items. Well, th that's just one of the many benefits of going to craft fairs is the meeting the new people. and. I know that 
you use, I'm I'm sure you know a lot of the products that from stepping up in those fairs. Yes, and and also, but and you also make some things that don't use any paper at all. So I want to transition into the craft fair itself and how because I saw your your epic like overview videos and all you had in this in this gigantic booth like how long in advance do you need to prepare what are some steps others can take to get stuff done way ahead of time even now starting to get ready for next year's craft fairs at the holiday season okay the first year I started maybe in September and the show I do is always the first weekend in December the first Friday and Saturday in December. It's the only one I do. It's in my hometown and it's big enough that I only have to do one. Right. Um, I start with a Pinterest board and I look and collect ideas of things I like that are out on Pinterest. But when I say I like something on Pinterest, it could look like, okay, my neighbor brought me this the other day to show me something she makes. Okay, you're holding up a mini coffee cup and a coffee cup stand. Awesome. Yes, but I have used the mini coffee cups and not exactly the stand and filled them with coffee beans or chocolate-covered coffee beans, and they were a huge hit. That but, can get expensive, right? <laughs> but when I – oh, you measure and you weigh. Right, right. Okay, so when I see something on Pinterest – I don't necessarily make it like it is on Pinterest. It gives me an idea to spin off and I call that Susanizing it. Make <laughs> it my own and Good. take ownership of it because I've completely redesigned it. My die cutting assistant always laughs because when she helps me prepare for a larger event, she will look at something and go, I don't know how you got this idea. So I'll go get her like a picture of something I saw. And she's like, that looks nothing like this. I'm like, yeah, but they have these little flags on it. Mine has little flags. <laughs> right. Well, that's great because it, it just takes one spark of an idea. Exactly. You something and then you get sparked up and you're like, oh. Okay. So the first thing I would do was I would collect ideas. And I also collected ideas for setups, craft show setups. I had two different Pinterest boards. My setup looks nothing like those Pinterest boards. But again, it gave me ideas. The second thing I do is I make a list of things I think I might like to make. And I prioritize that list on what I really want to make and what I will make if I get to it. So this year's list, I had four items that I, I was looking forward to making, but I ran out of time because this year I did not start as early as I should have. You should start, oh, I want to say at least three months out. This year, as in the coming year, I plan to devote one weekend a month. I always say I'm going to start earlier and work on it all year, and I don't. So my plan for this year is I'm setting that from a general, oh, I'll start earlier, to a specific. I'm devoting one weekend a month to preparing for the craft show in December. Excellent. And I will craft items that one weekend and put them aside and move on. And then the next month, the same thing. This year, I made about 30 new items. And when I say 30 new items, I made 70 of one of those items. I made 24 of one of those items. 
but it was 70 ideas of things to use in the craft show. I was I was watching your video in between and you said I need to, you're you're showing the next day. I needed to make more of these last night and I ran out of these yesterday on day 1. So this is yes. no small craft fair. There are probably hundreds of people there. Or there are hundreds of people there and a little tip is if you do the same craft fair year after year, people look for you. I had a family come up to me and they said, third year in a row, we bought our teacher gifts from you. I have a couple of women who do their Christmas table favors. They need something, just a little favor to go behind, to go in their place settings for their Christmas table. And they come to me every single year. Um, I have a lady who has a bridge club and she, when she hosts in December, she likes to have a little gift at each place setting or at each place, you know, on the, the card tables. And so she comes and purchases, you know, 16 of something from me. That's excellent. I had actually more or not more, but almost as many sales after the craft fair from orders or from people coming. They knew, but they only knew I was taking orders because I had stuff from the craft fair. And right. Do you have any more of XYZ? So does that happen to you too, where you get some orders? Yes. Or do you have more of XYZ? I can come get it. Yes. I had a couple of those. And then when I said I had to come home the first night and craft more of my triangular stick snowmen, it was right. because somebody came in and said, can you make more of these? And those were easy enough that I could whip out another 20 that night. But if it had been anything really complicated, no, I couldn't have because I was tired that night. <laughs> I'm sure just from loading and unloading. Well, we set up in my show, we set up on Thursday and then we're open all day Friday and all day Saturday. And then they give you an hour to get out of there. That's kind of manic. <laughs> it's manic. But let me tell you, we have got this down to an art. We're usually out of there in a half an hour. <laughs> so who's helping you with this craft fair? Who's the we? What oh, the we is my husband, Doug. Uh, my trophy I husband. I love Doug. So let's talk about Doug and what he did in the our South Carolina Aiken event. We had a 35 for yeah. 35 event in Aiken. We had a tea. Um, to celebrate 35 years of stamping up. And I was sort of the unofficial caterer. You were the caterer. You were I was the that. caterer. Yeah. You just my daughter and, and my daughter-in-law. Thanks. My daughter and my daughter-in-law were going to come and help. My daughter-in-law ended up moving during that time. Um, she and my son moved to another state, much to my unhappiness, because they lived literally around the corner in our neighborhood. Oh, yes. Crazy son took a job elsewhere. Um, and my daughter was ill. So Doug was like, I'll come. So he shows up. He's wearing a shirt, a vest, very nice slacks, a little bow tie with his little round glasses. He him was, thought he was the caterer. I went up to him thinking he was the caterer. Yeah. He was the caterer, but I thought he was, you hired him to be the caterer. Yeah, he was amazing. He bust tables. He helped me set up in the kitchen. Um, he washed all the dishes, people. I mean, who does that? 
he did he helped unload he helped reload he did everything he could do that day to make this a success for us i think the only pe the only person not part of the group that worked as hard was uh brian pilling from stamping up right he was he was excellent he, he, he was came to like observe and ended up being like the best helper ever okay and doug is awesome with my little business he does not want to go online with me though i'm pushing him that we need to do this together um, I just kind of plant little seeds. And most recently he said, well, I, I might be able to do that. So yay. Um, nagging really he'd does. A big hit. He'd be a big hit. He'd be a very entertaining. And also, even if you can get him started with, like right now, it'd be so nice to have someone just watching the comments here. And if there are any questions, they can right. be like, I have a question from, like, I see Linda's there, you know, like they could tell, they could tell us when there are questions, like an extra right. assistant is always useful. And my husband helps by just driving to the post office with all my packages, which is a great help. It is a great <laughs> but, help. But yeah. any little things, but I don't see him ever helping with the social media aspect. Well, Doug it. does not craft, but I will tell you, he has a really good eye. He will come in and if I have a dilemma, I'll be like, ribbon A or ribbon B? And he's like, yeah, I really like ribbon B. I like how it, and he will describe what it does, that it's better. And that's, and that's important to have an extra set of eyes on our He's camp. wonderful with that. He is so supportive about moving things. When I have groups here, if I have a stamp camp at my house, he has been known at the end of a trying stamp camp to make margaritas for my attendees. Well, what a guy. <laughs> and they I want to come to your to stamp camp. Susan's Fabulous Cookies and Doug's Margaritas. <laughs> you should, you know, you should use this in your marketing materials. I have. I, I have. Feel, I was going to say that that would be great. Well, I Doug wanna... also likes to go to the craft fair with me to get back on topic. He likes to go. Yes, to the I want to ask you about the the packing. You said you packed in an hour, and then I want to go back to like what were your sellers. But like you, you told me about you had the system, and we left there. You you can, you can get packed up in an hour. Now it takes me several hours to unpack or to pack up. So like I want to know how you packed in an hour. <laughs> okay, what I do is the second afternoon. I have a good idea of what's still selling. Uh, this time, the second afternoon was just, you know, crazy. I had a completely empty table and almost a second empty table out of three wow. out of three tables. And then I have this double ladder, like market stand type thing. And I had out of eight baskets or eight shelves in that market stand, only two of them still had things in it. So what I did was I positioned my containers for packing up under the tables near where I would need them. Um, my card holder is this huge wooden card sorter that came from Stampin' Storage. It's their large size card storage or card holder. It's worth it for craft fairs. I sort the cards by categories, and then I have cardstock standing up behind them where they're labeled sympathy, birthday, congratulations, get well, Christmas, Christmas, I, Christmas, Christmas. I saw that you sold a lot of cards. You were showing you sold a lot of cards. And I have another, I have a couple of customers who come specifically for my cards. And usually this one gets there absolutely first thing, and she has $100 to spend on cards. And so I always give her a deal. Anyway, in packing up, I make it so that as I'm pulling things out to pack what's on top of the table, 
first thing we've done is whipped off some tablecloths and Doug is breaking down those tables and breaking down anything. Oh, like my checkout stand. He breaks down my checkout stand. He's starting to load the van with all the big things. Uh, that pop-up market thing I empty first. And then we, you know, we cl it closes up and you tie it. Ladder. Yeah, right. yeah, you you flip up. It closes like a ladder. And then you flip up the baskets that are, you know, the wooden baskets. So he takes that out. And the other thing we've done is we've positioned our car or the van right by the door. <laughs> Just as soon as it's time to move vehicles because they block where you can load. But one of us is always able to run out and get our van right there at the front. <laughs> so we get this all loaded. And by the time he's packed the big stuff, we also use a little flatbed mover. By the time he's got the big stuff, I've got all the little stuff packed. And then empty boxes, we can break down the empty boxes and put them right in the recycle bin there at the facility. That's where we've great. sold well, out. I could, I could see your joy in doing this. Like some people go, oh, I got to break down the craft fair or I have to load and unload. You seem to just be joyous about the whole process. And what is what is like the, your most favorite thing about doing these craft fairs? It's meeting all of the people. I started to rearrange my booth differently this year where my checkout would have been in the back. And I'm always next to the same couple of crafters. And they both looked at me and said, you're not going to like it back there. You like to be out here on the edge talking to people. And I realized they were right. So I quickly moved it back to normal. Good. I like meeting all of the people. I like being able to help the customers find what they're looking for. If they're looking for teacher gifts, if they're looking for um, something for their coworkers, just something to go on each desk that's not a big investment. And those are the things I specialize in for the craft fair. Well, that's excellent. So you already know ahead of time. Did you know this the first year or you just knew by the second year what they were looking for? Or the second year. The other have thing, stuff they were looking for? Yeah, it was this, it, the first year I didn't know. The first year I just made whatever I liked and did luckily very well. And it's really funny. There are always things that I think will be big sellers that are not. And I don't understand how I'm so off on this. But I always think they're going to do great. And they just don't. This year I had. Okay, what, was, what was that one item this year that you thought was going to be a good seller and it was not? It was my Santa cams. I bought little camera lenses and I put them on um, ornaments that said Santa cam. I thought that I thought that's a cute idea. Yeah, they were super cute. And people looked. And this is my point about what doesn't sell and what does sell. These brought in so much attention. People will look at them and touch them and laugh. And then they want to see what else I have. Well, hey, it worked for that reason then. So my even first when something's year, not your bestseller, it works to bring people to your booth, and that's a good thing. My first year, I had Stamping Up had some little cups, little low cups, and I took one over to my local hobby store, and I figured out what size ornament fit on that, and I bought ornaments, and I turned those into snow globes. Nice. Because we had a really cute snowman that year, and so I made little scenes, and I put styrofoam in it, and then the bottom had candy. And they were front and center on my ladder thing. A zillion people stopped and looked and touched. But I still came home with about three or four. But they stopped, they looked, and they touched. And then they were like, what else does she have? So right. there are things that 
I think are going to sell really well, but what they are is attention getters. Well, and we all need attention getters. And for me, it's my cards. They don't sell well, except afterwards I sold cards because people came and looked at my cards. But during it, they just go, oh, nice cards. And then they go, woo, candy, candy. Yes. Gifts. gifts. Like they're at, this, at that time of year, they were trying to buy things for other people. So they were like, gifts. Okay. The other thing I've become cognizant of is that I need man gifts. Because it's so easy to do women gifts or teen gifts or kid yeah. gifts. But I need man gifts. So one of my sellers is man soap. <laughs> I go to... <laughs> this is Bath and Body this. Works when they have their soaps on sale and they have this whiskey and coffee scented soap. Nice. And I package those using some of our um, stamps like the Brood for You stamp. Love it. And, um, you know, just really fun male oriented stamps. <laughs> and people are like, oh, man, soap. <laughs> I just love that. So it's a bar of soap it's a, or liquid. It's, it's a, bar. a bar of soap. I, that makes it even better. It's a bar. And then, yes. you, can do, then you can do those cute wraps, like yep. the wrap, paper wraps around it. Yeah. Okay. My other man gift man this soap. year, which was a total experiment, and I had no idea if this would sell or not. I found these jumbo. I do not eat Slim Jim, so I had no idea. They come in like this huge, yeah. long Put thing. Long or even longer, yeah. That are like 14 inches long and, you know around so i bought a big box of 18 of those and then i'm looking at how on earth am i going to wrap these or package these so i found out i had no idea because not a slim gym eater those are very flexible so right, i right. folded them in half and made boxes that were way too cute to hold a slim gym <laughs> but they all sold out because people loved the idea I, I think that's cute i build that ass man gift <laughs> Hey, this is good to know for those that want to sell crafts to make some gifts for men. Yeah. And I did gifts which mostly were women and then some doggies. I didn't do yes. things for men in my dog life. treats always sell really well. Um oh, what else was like? Oh, moon pies. If you can make a really cute package for moon pies, they either sell great or they're an attention getter. Exactly. Because well, they're big and bulky, and that's a nice thing. Right. So what were your bestsellers this year and how has that changed from the previous couple of years? Mm. This year, my biggest sellers was almost everything, but I had 70 little tiny treat boxes that were based on Julie DiMatteo, the paper pixie. They were based on her Thanksgiving table favor box. I did those and I sold all 70 and I was just amazed. And yours um, were Christmas patterns? Or? Mine were all Christmassy. I even did some with um, the Merry and Bright and did the, the, or, the light bulbs, the Christmas bulbs on the front of them and all Christmas papers. And yeah, I had, I used a retired set that had little ornaments and I cut those in gold foil and I literally had a couple of people fighting over them. If you don't want that one, I want that one. I really like the gold. If you want to take a different one, I would love that one. You gotta love a good craft fair fight. It was. <laughs> and um, I did these snowman sticks. And all they were is five and a half inch cardstock, scored every inch. Well, they were five and a half by three and a half. So when you rolled them up, 
it had a half of an inch to overlap for the glue. And so they were triangular. But I stamped snowmen faces on them. And I had found these little tiny knitted caps because I saw these on a stamp craft fair site and people were punching hats or cutting paper hats. And I found these teeny tiny little things that were like two cents each. Wow, that's nice. My mom yeah. makes me tiny hats for my Mentos candy. Tiny yes. fabric hats. So I'm wondering if yours were like like yarn. Mine were my fabric. Yeah, mine were yarn. They were little nice. knitted hats with a little ball that's... on top. They look like, you know, what you would have worn if you were going snow skiing. Oh, my goodness. That's adorable. Yep. And so I put those and then I just tied some ribbon around them. And that became like their little bow tie. I took, I can't remember, 40 the first day or 50. I took 50 the first day and they sold out very early. And that was what I had to come home and make more of because people were coming back for them the next day. Okay, you know we're all copying this one for next year. So let's yes. get some pictures. I mean, we're gonna I'm gonna be sending everyone to your site in the show notes and we're gonna maybe see some pictures of those and I'm gonna have to read your video. Them. They're in your video of your overview, right? Yeah, girlfriend, I'm gonna have to make more of them in order to share. Oh, because you don't even have one to share, huh? I don't even have one left to share. It was crazy. I learned a couple of years ago people will ask me if I make really fun boxes. They will ask me, "Do you, can I get that without the candy in it? Or can I get that without the filler? And so, oh, two or three years ago, I started doing empty boxes. Just one set of empty boxes. Sometimes they sell, sometimes they don't. But it actually turns out okay when they don't. Because the aforementioned Doug takes things in for his co-workers. So if we're making homemade cookies, he will use my boxes to package. That's perfect. My husband takes things in for teachers. I don't really right. have any craft fair items left over from between exactly Doug. mystery boxes, uh, teacher gifts. I have a few left from just my last series, but there's, yeah, I always, all my gifts get put to good use. Waitresses right. and Mine too. kindness. So I did this box. It's a basic, basic box um, with non stamping up ribbon because I needed it to match and I loved this ornament I thought this this set this die set was fabulous anyway I did these with lots oh, of cute. so you're holding up a pink ribbon uh with a nice ornament this is your empty box you're holding up right just for the audio listeners of this podcast I have to okay so I'm holding ribbon. up this box with a really pretty pretty or a die cut ornament on the front I made these with several different solids or print lids, coordinated the ornaments with whatever paper I was using, and of course the ribbon with whatever paper I was using. And I sold a couple for men, and then I sold a few for women. And those that came home will not go to waste because they will become part of Doug's gift giving at work. Awesome. That's what that so nothing goes to waste too. I feel the same way about nothing going to waste in it. Okay, now my friend Kim Smith does these cute little folds where it's like two little pockets on each side and you use a six by six paper. What are yeah, those? I call them the stand up double fold. Do you get them to stand up? Stand up yes. double fold tree pouches, how I modified them. Okay. I usually got I, them without standing up. Do you do you stand them up or do you just? I stood them up. Okay, yeah, that's the way I modified them too. One of my standard things that people come looking for, and I didn't know these were so popular until the first year, York peppermint patties. 
So nice. I put those in there because they fit perfectly. In the past, I've done York Peppermint Patty characters where I had like the heads of snowmen or the heads of elves or the head of Santa. Well, the little double pocket stand up are way, way easier than making all of those heads. And, you know, you just stamp on something super cute. Lots of cute paper was used. And I went through all of those. Well, good for you. It's That's why you hardly have anything left to show us. Because all of these bestsellers are gone. They are. And even if they're not gone, you're not worried about it. Either am I. Because we give them out to other people, husbands right. and coworkers, you, or just random acts of kindness or in your care packages. I'm sure right. you can use them at your events. So to me, I and if there if there's anything you can make, like get started on this year that would lay flat, or something you could break down later and lay it flat, then you have no nothing ventured, nothing lost. You have right. You okay. Flat so and use example it the next year. is those little uh, holiday boxes that you know the little table favor boxes. I'm sorry, we're getting packages delivered, and my ring keeps going off beside me. That's okay. I thought you had a ghost. <laughs> I actually thought you, I was like, I saw something fly by. I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, we have a ghost in our, no, we don't. Um, <laughs> although we might, my mother did pass away in this house. So, <laughs> and oh, when friendly things, one, were, friendly ghost. yeah, yeah. When things were going bad one day and uh, I was trying to get ready for something and things just kept interfering. And finally I was like, mom, knock it off. I'm busy. And then it stopped and things went normal. <laughs> so she may be here. Wow. Now this has taken the whole different turn different for this turn, low yeah. crafty friends podcast <laughs> all right so where was i with haunted craft rooms no no before that the south we can have a series all right. right anyway go ahead you were we were talking about what to do with the flat you were flat in your box oh yes okay so so julie made you know she designed those boxes and she actually said and they can be stored flat until you need them and she's right. They can because I made them way early and filled them, you know, sometime after Thanksgiving. And that was really nice. And that's what I do with these. Like I make these and just don't, these are my bags and then use retired paper, but you could just, I, I've already adhered the bottom. You don't have to adhere the bottom and they all store flat. Right. But like say these, these nuggets that I'm holding up, we, we give all these away because they're all set up with the candy. All right. I need one second. Candy will not last. That's okay. Sure. Yeah. And I've also. Well, I will go see. I'm going to go see who's watching. And since you need a second, I'm going to go see if there are okay. any questions. This is why we have fun live streaming. There are a bunch of people online watching. So it's like 18 are watching. So we'll say I'll give a shout out to those. And if you have any questions, let us know. I'm here with Susan Edwards, busy with the cricket, and we're going to find out how she came up with that name in just a minute. But we have Dawn here, Dawn Hutchins, Sherry Wilker, Laura Steiner, Linda from Stamp Cut and Create, and Janet is here, and Tina. And there are more that just never write them, write a comment, but we yeah. can see you. Little eyeballs are there. They're lurking. They're yeah, lurking. they lurk. That's what happens. Yes. Okay. Well, how so did you come up with the name Busy with the Cricky? Okay. Busy with the Cricky. Remember when I said I had this lucrative create uh, relationship with Provocraft? Right. And I love them too. I love that cricket. I mean, I love I that. Did. I loved my cricket. Yeah, um, I had four, four or five of them. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would go to their, I went to CHA, you know, the Craft and Hobby Association annual convention. And the year they came out with that $600 Imagine machine, okay, they gifted me one for free. Nice. 
it was it was super nice um and i i used to design online for another company and i would write articles and take pictures and they retained ownership of my items but i also posted them on my blog and they all used cricut cartridges and whatever anyway so i needed a blog and i was busy with the cricut at that point but i didn't want to actually say cricut because of copyright or whatever yeah right so i became busy with the cricket nice <laughs> busy with the cricket okay like so your cricket is your is is your like shortened nickname right. so for, for the longest cricket. time i did that and i had um you know i i had so many blog followers that when i stopped with cricket I didn't want to give up my blog and I, I didn't want to just change names because that would, you know, that so many people identified. It's like, we know you are the paper chef and so many people know you are the paper chef. So I kept my busy with the Cricky name, but now my blog just says, um, I think it says Susan Edwards, but somewhere little, it'll say busy with the Cricky. Right. It's so hard to build your brand at first because it's like, with my name, you, you search for it and you get something else, but it took years and now you search for me and you actually get my stuff. But I didn't give up and so many people, even coaches of mine, what does that mean? You need to change your name. I mean, some very famous, like very, very, very like high level people are like, you need to change your name. And I'm like, no, like I'm not listening to you with my brand name. No, like, I have the same to build my brand. I'm not changing my name. I'm the paper chef. Like, yep bite me i'm not changing my name <laughs> you have to stand for something you have to like i have that same thing. time to build a brand you you have to like go with it once it's understood i think right and you know i probably should have changed my name when i started with stamping up but i didn't want to give up my two three thousand blog followers and confuse them so right. i stayed and, and when i started doing a newsletter i took the people who had signed up even under busy with the cricky and i sent out to all of them giving them the option to get off there if you know they didn't want to follow me with stamping up and initially i lost quite a few um just through email but so many stayed that i felt like i did the right thing that's good yeah that's good i mean i i think a true crafter it knows your talent and and they know you're trying to serve them up some great information and, and inspiration and they're like well we don't care what products you use right then then we're going to follow you because you're you're giving them good stuff which you always are you're giving them good information well it's funny because one of my facebook busy with the cricky on facebook my uh, business name on facebook is busy with the cricky productions and one of my vocal followers i finally just decided to say how do i know you where have i met you did i meet you at blah 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 and she said oh no i have followed you since you were you know doing cricket things way back in the day and that's, that's she wonderful. stayed with me and she's still really encouraging and yeah well i love that so when you joined in 2019 and you i know at first you were probably like oh let's get a discount like i know that's the way i was and so what was your turning point from making it a, you know, from a hobby, from turning it from a hobby into a jobby? My like friends. Are now, because we both are Silver Elite, which means just so listeners understand, like that's the yes, leadership one level, of us, like uh, less than a percent of people, uh, less than a percent of- One of us is way more jobby. Yeah, I'm at the same level you are, girl. I'm at, I'm a Silver Elite as well. 
Yes, so but we'll I'm change it this year. Hopefully, earning incentive trips and things. So not I'm trying yet. To... Just say let's not say let's not not, not yet. yet. You're not earning them yet, but you will be. I'm I'm beginning to eye the uh, the what do I call that? The formula. Disney. The Disney. Oh, I would love that because our family are Disney freaks. All right. So what I did was it was my friends. It was. I started doing this and I told my friends. And so I decided, and I came in at a strange time. What happened is my mother passed away in February. She had had Alzheimer's and lived with us for five years. And I was just kind of not sure what to do. I knew I didn't want to go back to work full time at that point. And um, I had built some doll houses while she was really not doing well because my craft room's in the back of the house and I needed to be out with her. I could not be back in the back of the house and watch her. So I was doing a lot of things in the dining room. <laughs> we used my craft room so little that after she passed away and I started cleaning out because every time we didn't know what to do with something, we'd stick it in the craft room. <laughs> so when I was cleaning it out, I got it all cleaned out and the door was open one day. And my granddaughter, who was born in 2015, so she was about four, she comes over and she stops in front of it and she looks in and she goes, Grandma, your house has a room I've never seen. <laughs> That's cute. That's so cute. I love kids just say it like it is. And she was so funny, but she was right. She had never seen or, you know, hadn't seen this room. By the way, she will be nine in January and she is still fascinated with this room. Well, who <laughs> would like, it be? I mean, my nieces and nephews go crazy when they come in my she shed and they just. I know. And she wants to, uh, she wants to look for anything on the floor that I may have dropped, like little stars or whatever. So her big thing is, is to find what I consider my trash and she wants to to craft with it, and hey, I just that's wonderful. Go for it. Snowflake here and a star yep. there, like a Santa that's hat. That's girl. And my girl is very crafty, and she loves craft uh, items. Anyway, that's how I made my friends wanted me to do a class for them, so I, I joined, and then we almost immediately got a new catalog. And I kept hearing about these catalog launches, and I was like, "Well, okay, I'll do that, and I'll invite my friends." And so I figured out what they were going to do and, you know, what we were going to make. And I made displays of the new things. And I had sales and I met my minimum sales. And I was like, wow, I don't have to do this all myself. <laughs> and so that's how it went from hobby to jobby. And right. I encourage anybody that wants to start that, that in any kind of direct sales or anything you want to sell, just invite people over. There's not enough people doing that. You are one of the people still doing a lot of in-person events. And right. We're going to talk about that next, but I really want to encourage people are people are lonely. There's a loneliness epidemic right now. There is. And and people want to get together. And you might think, oh, I don't really know anybody. That's how you get to know people. Like that's the point. Like you meet what invite one person over at a time. That's how I do my thing. I don't really have I'm, hey, I'm a virtual person, my... but I invite one person at a time over. Right. And they, and they love it. Also keeps my house clean because. I don't want to invite them over if my house isn't clean. <laughs> there you go. It's a reason to clean. A reason to clean. Um, anyway, it kind of grew from there. During COVID, when we weren't getting together, I took some training on doing online things. And so I was reaching the same people, but I was reaching them online. And that kept me in business through that time period. And as soon as we could meet again, they were all thrilled to meet again. 
I actually did my craft show during COVID, but we had to have the plexiglass shields at checkout. We all had to mask. I was a little nervous about it, but I did it anyway. I didn't have quite the sales I'd had in the past, but the sales were still really good. And um, the, the show didn't close, which surprised me. I'm so me. happy to hear that the show must go on. I'm glad to hear that all these years. It did. The show went on through all of it. And I've done it through all the different um, phases. And what I love now is they always put me in the same place. So people even know where to find me, which is well, really that's nice. Great. So the craft fairs are a way of generating leads. And then do some of those come to your classes or do you have yeah, the, the craft, the craft fair is twofold for me. One, it's sales and Christmas money. And um, right now we have a January to April new catalog coming out. And so I can use all of that to purchase my, my samples that I'm going to be making things with or doing classes with or whatever. I can purchase all my supplies from my craft fair money. So I'm reinvesting in myself. Nice. And For your business. And awesome. the other equally important aspect of that is reaching new customers or reaching people who are looking for something to fill their time and their life so what i do is i take catalogs and i take both i take the mini looking for it here we go look look it's on my desk <laughs> mine's somewhere all right so i take a ton yeah, of these free shipping today guys yep <laughs> yeah free shipping and there's a lot of uh until it's gone opportunities in this this holiday catalog um anyway i had a team member who thought she was ordering four catalogs and she ordered four sets of them so i had the ones i had ordered plus the ones that she ordered and i just put them on my checkout stand and let people take those but as they oh, would, oh yes, because it was the end of the yeah she okay the end of the year she was four eight packs she she ordered yeah she didn't mean to get that many and I'd already gotten like three of my own so I had a lot of catalogs so I'd let anybody who wanted one take one but it, I also have and they're of course not in here but I have um, an interest form and it's eight and a half by eleven sheet cut in half. And ask, you know, name, address, phone number. Do you prefer texting? Would you like to be on my email list? Yeah, you know, may I have your permission to put you, uh, to send you my newsletter? And then at the bottom, it's different levels of interest in different aspects of my business. Would you like to receive the newsletter? Would you like to know um, what my upcoming classes are? Would you be interested in attending my monthly club or being part of my monthly club? Would you be interested in you know, becoming a demonstrator. And once in a blue moon, somebody will give that a 10. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, lots of people are interested in what's going on. Normally, and I didn't do it this year because we've already said I was way behind. Normally, I also take a form that offers all, it's the information on my next three months, where I will be doing classes, what those classes are, how much they cost, how to reach me to RSVP and what the RSVP deadlines are. But I normally know what the next three months are going to look like. I have a stamping cruise coming up in March. So, and it's my first one. So okay, I don't tell, us, tell us listeners about this in case they want to go on your stamping cruise. 
Okay. You know where um, I'll be at that time, but yeah, yes. you, you tell them about that because some Okay, well, I was just going to tell you that normally I have this all prepared out, but I don't. So right, my stamping right. cruise 2024 is the last year that Carnival is going to be sailing out of Charleston, South Carolina. So I decided to do the stamping cruise to introduce the idea of a stamping cruise to my customers and my team. And while we can drive three hours to Charleston or two and a half hours to Charleston and sail from there. Next year, they already know they're going to have to go all the way to Cape Canaveral and we will sail from there. But still, but, the fact that you can go just a few hours away on a cruise. Exactly. Your peak, but, I mean, how fun is that going to be for you guys? Right. And we're doing it as a group. So um, Carnival gave me the opportunity, based on the number of cabins that were booked, to give them each something. Like I could have done a big cocktail kickoff party or there were several different options. But what I decided was I wanted them to have something to take home with them. and. You know, when you go on a cruise, how nice their robes are that they Ooh, have in the room. Yes. I nice love those room. robes. Well, each of my people gets a robe of their own to take home. A carnival in, does it have carnival on it? It has carnival That's on it. Epic gift. It's a nice little souvenir to take home. Yeah. And we're going to do five classes. It's a five day cruise. We're going to um, Half Moon K and to Nassau in the Bahamas. Nice. And then the other three days are at sea. We're going to do a class a day or maybe two classes one day and, you know, give them on the, the day at sea day, not do anything. I can't wait to see how much you packed for that cruise. That's going to be intense. Going to be intense. But anyway, I'm really excited. We have a group number. Sadly, the cost has gone up because people, when they booked into it, I got a really nice rate for so many cabins. Well, all of our cabins filled up. I had more people sign up than I thought I would. Uh, we currently have 20 people going on this. That's wonderful. So others can still sign up, but it just, it's going to cost it's gonna be more, more expensive. And, They'll contact you if they're interested in that. Right. And I will be doing another one next year because this has gone so well. Um, ironically, my college roommate is going to be my roommate on this. And Mary, Mary stamps a little bit and she does a little crafting she wants to do more than she does. So she's like, you'll get me through this. I'll help you do this, but you're going to have to get me through this. And I told her not to worry. She will not be the only one learning as she goes. This this just warms my heart. You're really good at having events. And I, I know this is going to be like really successful for you. Because I'm you at the point now, your events and make some yeah. awesome projects. Yeah, at the point, I'm at the point now where I'm planning what they're going to make. And I'm also planning what um, our team calls Circe's, their little gifts. We also call those pillow gifts or table gifts. And I want them to have something from me each day. So I'm planning those as well. And let's and tell people how we know each other. And that reminds me of the person, how, how we met. How, how we met. We met through, through the, the Circe queen herself. Yes, the Circe queen herself. We are both members of Hattie Nelson's Beehive. She is our upline. And we are stamping sisters. Susan. We are. We are. We We're stamping through, through sisters. That. And I love that. And Kim was my uh, roommate at On Stage in Jacksonville. And we got this reputation of being the party room. And we did have the party room. And we I don't even, know we even got told we we're making too much noise. We were just 
We were just so, acting like ourselves. No, that was that was just a joke. But that was funny. I mean, that was Linda's husband, and we had a blast in Jacksonville. We and did. He came to my house. My mom was asking me about you. Oh, her I, mom. I was, I was telling you I was interviewing you, and you know, because we were up late crafting, and mom was coming in like, "What are you guys doing? We're still making our swaps for our Jacksonville event, even though the event is tomorrow. We are all up in the middle of the night with Kathy, you and Kathy and I, correct? Okay, Kim's mother is ninety-two. Yeah, ninety. Yeah, gonna be ninety-two. She's ninety-one. Yeah. Yeah, and she is amazing. She did all the cooking while I was there. She showed me all the sewing she does. The woman is unbelievable. She's more flexible than I am, <laughs> and uh, she's just amazing. Yes, yeah, she, she really is. She really is. She really is. Can she? Is she more flexible than you are? Oh, absolutely. She. I can't do a split. <laughs> She can still do a split. Like she was I know. I a just, baton twirler and a, a majorette. So she can still do all these flexible things. And she can not just touch her toes, but like touch her hands to the floor, like flat right. while she's touching her toes. So she's very flexible and very and, and she's sitting there sewing right now. She has an order for some princess and unicorn and mermaid type of bags and aprons for little girls for our friends, uh great nieces. That I have to get out soon because of their Christmas presents. Yeah, she's in there right. sewing. She's so she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. And I loved meeting her. And I hope to get to see her again sometime because I just loved her. And we had this thing. I used to do doll clothes back when my daughter was younger. So uh, we could compare. That's, yeah, that's what she makes a lot of too. So yeah, so we know each other from there. And then we went to those. We had some mastermind groups on, the, on Zoom where... We were like doing sort of accountability check-ins and it was nice because all of us were silver at the time and all of us became, everybody in that group became silver elite. Mm -hmm. Like, so it really does work having accountability and having like a group of people that you grow with. And, and that's pretty cool. So I like that. Right. And one of the things you told us about in our group or one of our meetings, you were talking about a special method you had for generating leads in your local community. So you could maybe address that as well. for those Okay, Aiken is not a metropolis. What Aiken is, is a melting pot of nuclear industry and in the U.S. because the Department of Energy has a facility here that has about 13,000 employees, but they live in the greater central Savannah River area, each side of the Savannah River. So there's Augusta, Georgia on the other side, and on our side, there's Aiken. And Aiken is not a big town. It's a little town with a big town attitude. So right. there are lots of, okay, this this craft show is an Aiken City recreation event. And it pulls in, you know, tons of people. I am usually knocking at about $2,000 in sales. That's amazing. When I do this two-day show. I am so proud of you for And my highest priced that. items are $7. So, I mean, there's a lot. And I have a lot of two for $3 things. And so, I mean, there's just a lot going on there. Um, it's a great place to raise a family because there are so many, there are so many activities for children. There's sports activities. There's swimming activities. My camera's being weird there are um oh there's 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 an art facility here there's several dance there's music etc anyway it's been a great place to raise a family and now they also are a, a great place to retire so i don't see moving anytime soon 
Uh, where was I going with this? Leads for your picture. Thank you. Aiken has a ton of clubs. Uh, one of them is a group called the Newcomer Club. And I'm sure this started when way back when the Savannah River was, site was being built and so many new people from all over the country were moving in. And I have lived here for 30 years and finally went to this a couple of years ago. And they're like, oh, no, it doesn't matter if you're new. You're just new to the newcomers. This is a group of all women that meet for lunch once a month. And they have they have groups that get together for games, for movies, for dining, for lunch, for you name it. They have a group for it. And so I offered, I went and did a little talk and talked about my business and the classes. And they immediately wanted to do a class for just them. And a couple of them have since joined my monthly stamp club. And from that group, I met another group, which is the Aiken Ladies Chat Group. And they meet at a little cafe that has a meeting room that they don't charge you for. Well, guess where I have my monthly stamp club now? The live version. I did not know that. That is like perfect for you. A yeah, chat group. I mean, could you get any a, a more perfect club and place for you to go? I know. And these women are so supportive because many of them have their own small businesses. So when I post something online about upcoming card class, several of them will share that for me or they give positive feedback. They're wonderful. But that led me not only to customers, but also you know, to community contacts, I would not have known that I could use that room for free every month. Right. Every month. They that actually, last time I was there, what a they gift. went ahead and booked all of my dates for next year. Wow. And I know you're a planner. So like, that is so great for you to have all your dates yeah. planned. Now there's also, so now you know which weekends that you can do your craft fair preparation when you're not doing your stamp camp. Or stamp exactly. Or stamp club. Yes, and the person I do cross the border. I have a Canadian, my Canadian. Yes, you're Canadian. You can give her a shout out. So, hey, Bonnie, my Canadian. Um, and I think it's I creating, creating with Bonnie um, for you Canadians watching. Bonnie is amazing and she's full of energy and she's funny and she's so creative. Anyway, we do quarterly stamp camps where I design half the products, she designs half the products. And we go live and do tutorials. We have we do exactly what we're doing right here. We get on Zoom together and we do it live on our Facebook group. And then we post individual card videos after that. So just so you're listening, the reason they have projects that they each design and go together is because we as Stampin' Up! demonstrators can't sell to another country. Or another market. Another market. Another yeah, market. We are all North America, but Canada oh. is one market and the U.S. is another. So that so way Bonnie's customers can join and then can your use, customers can join. Yeah, we use the same materials, but I pull in my customers and she pulls in her greater northern customers. And and it's fun. It's fun to get together. And we each do full I, guess I need a Canadian at some point. I don't have a Canadian buddy yet, but do, do that at some point. <laughs> okay, little side story. I went to my first backstage, which is the Silver Elite and Above Leadership Conference in New Orleans. And Hattie, our team leader, said, ladies, you need to be looking for a Canadian, someone that you could <laughs> do so business funny. with. 
I love Everywhere this. I went, I ran into Canadians. I roomed with someone I did <laughs> I not love know. This. this is hilarious. And she has, I said, oh, I'm looking for a Canadian. Every time she'd go somewhere, she'd meet Canadians and go, my roommate Susan wants to meet you. This is so funny. And, and how'd you settle on Bonnie? How did Bonnie emerge as the person you're going to partner was, with for these for these events? Now, I was in a Bonnie session and she's handing out candy. And I'm like, ooh, this is foreign candy. We don't have this. And so I look down and she's like two people down. And whoever's next to me goes, my friend Susan's looking for a Canadian. <laughs> and there we go. So after class, in the meantime, we pass cards, business cards. So we're still listening in our workshop, but I'm looking her up on social media and I'm looking at her designs and I'm like, ooh, I like this woman's designs. Unbeknownst to me, she's doing the same thing. Ooh, I like this woman's work. <laughs> so when the class was over, it was like, we need to get together. We need to work. And it was the two of us talking just like you and I do really fast. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. And we were super excited and we teamed up. And since then, we've been doing this quarterly. And I see Bonnie at the annual events, but she came all the way from Calgary, Canada to Little Aiken, South Carolina and met Kim and went to our 35 for 35 event. She was That's like- That's where I met her. And I, I have a couple of her swaps that I still, I'm still inspired by. And then we hung out at the hotel at, for you know our, our parties. And then yes. we, we met her again in Vegas. In Vegas, yes. So Las Vegas was a great event for the leadership group. And I had so many. I there. loved Las Vegas. And what I really liked about it is so different than what everyone else did. We did not actually stay on the strip. We stayed out in Red Rock Canyon. I loved that. You it could was do a beautiful area. I stayed on the strip, but it was a beautiful area where the event oh, was. Oh, that's right. You did. Well, with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. But I loved our resort. And I called home and my infamous, you know, trophy hubby, I was like, Doug, we need to come back here and you need to come with me. You would really like this. Make sure you go up on that sphere. It is so amazing. Oh, I know. An hour ride and you just get to see the whole city, especially at sunset. You get to see the sunset and then the lights come on. And it's just yeah, we had we went to Vegas for our 50th birthdays to I'm do the looking down to see if there's anything I didn't ask you. Just don't mind me. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just looking down. at my Oh, notes. please. I'm, you know just jabbering away here i think trophy husband hubby wanted to know no no it wasn't all right oh look at that busy with the perky production says the paper chef mentioned you in a post yeah I I, 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 while i while you were talking i i posted that we were live i usually post ahead of time with the thumbnail but i just we weren't going to actually go live ladies we just decided last minute let's stream this we were going to just record ourselves and then we streamed it. So that's yeah, awesome. we streamed and, it, and I've done nothing but babble and I'm sorry. But no, no, that's what podcasting is. So it's, it's like, it's just, that's just the whole, the whole reason for a podcast is to just have fun conversations with we're oh, having. Oh, I, have I mean, so that's fun. the whole point of a podcast. I mean, I think in my opinion, but right. I mean, what do I know? I'm new at this. This is episode 10. Nice. I, I want to add something help a lot of people. craft bears and your setup. Okay, so I've talked about you have things that come in. You think you're going to sell a zillion of something and you don't, but other things sell. It's really hard to predict sometimes, but I know things like the snowman and the double pouch stand up little Cersei. Right, right. But those things are going to do great. Um, you know, I had some light bulbs that I made tags for, some empty light bulb ornaments that had many M&Ms. Those are always going to do great because they're wonderful stocking stuffers. 
But I didn't want, when I first started this, to run out and spend a million dollars on my setup. So what I did was I rented a table for $10 from the facility. And then my friend loaned me two long tables because I didn't even own any back then. And um, I bought my ladder market stand thing. I created a checkout booth out of, you know, shelves and shelving we had in our garage. I bought some black and red Buffalo check table covers. I bought two of those. And that was year one. Each year, I have added just one item. I mean, the one year I did buy my own tables because I suddenly needed them for classes here because we had outgrown my dining room table. If I have more than six in there, it feels stuffed, even though, you know, we've had a family of 11 eat in there, but we're closer and people need to spread out and craft. So I bought two big folding tables. Well, then I found a small version of my little market stand thing that's tabletop. So that was my purchase one year. Um, another year, oh, I bought my card sorter thing when those came out. And then this year, I bought one more new market stand thing that's a tabletop version. Um, oh, I know. I did. I bought a little, and I'm not kidding. It was a $40 kit to build a cute little vanity, or not vanity, a um, like a little cabinet, a little wall cabinet. And I use that as part of my display. I, I make that my spa area. So it gets bath salts and lotions and, you know, et cetera. But it becomes this, the lady spa area. And then I put the man soap over there. Nice. Um, but I also use that at the 35 for 35 event as part of my tabletop display. Because it's a way to give yourself shelves. And it's visually engaging without overpowering because it's all white you know without overpowering everything you have there but it adds it adds height so because you have these shelves so it really gives you more table space anyway what so i hear you saying is don't waste money on all kinds of furniture and tables and everything at once to to maximize your profit you keep getting one item a year that's year. new, and, and then Next year, I probably wasting your money. Yeah, next year, I probably am not going to get anything new because I can't think of anything new I might need now. But it's taken me, you know, four or five years to get where I am. And the tables I didn't really purchase for this. I purchased those for my house, but I use them. Um, and my friend Michelle Rushing, who was also a Stamping Up demonstrator and also our on our team and also Silver Elite. Yes. She found this cute little... Um, portable pop-up bar that has these wraps that go around it so you it has one that's like a football field if you want to take it for yeah for your football tailgating tailgating okay i have to see that there's a basic one that's black and we both use that this thing breaks down so it's about this wide and yay long and it has its own carrying bag that's my checkout stand now because it's so portable oh and it was under a hundred dollars on on eBay, or I'm sorry, on Amazon, and it was just easy. So taking like time has been really good and not rushing out and getting big things. 
a lot of people do that. They, they're like, I'm going to go buy a tablecloth and a table and all this. It's like, no, wait till you make some money and then get all those things. Right. And, and by going with stand. the black and red check, I was able to add in another tablecloth when I went with three tables. And now for my uh, checkout stand, I just have a runner. So, you know, I've, I've maintained the same look because people now look for that. They look for my check, my black and red checks, and oh, there she is. And can I ask what the cost is at the fair? Because you already mentioned like about what you're making at the fair. Yeah, what it's um. Cost. I want to say it's one ten. Hundred giant booth you had. That's a giant booth. It's oh, it was really big. They started off at ten by ten, and now they're like at least twelve by twelve, and it may have been a little bit bigger this year because it wasn't crowded at all. It was really nice. Mom and I paid 50, but we had two, you know, 10 by 10, but then there are two of them. We went two. Right. So ours, mine was like 110. That included a table and two chairs, and it was all, you know, lined off. And they do advertising. And there's um there's a floor plan that has a number on it and it corresponds with the list of vendors. And I always register as Susan Edwards stamping up so they can find me. Excellent. Excellent. Now, one of the things that I like to talk about on this channel is multiple streams of crafty income. So it's not just craft fairs that you do. You also sell crafts and then your stamp camps or stamp clubs and then your quarterly events. Am I missing anything? And then you also have your cruise. I mean, you seem to have multiple sources of crafty income as well. Right. And then I just do regular like a, a monthly birthday card class. Okay. And um, occasionally I'll do, you know, a get well slash sympathy card where they can make it either one, depending on the sentiment they go with and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I do card, just basic three card classes. I have my quarterly um, stamp, stamp camp. I have a monthly stamp club and there are always incentives built in with that. The stamp club I really like. I like the way it works. I design four cards or three cards and a 3D item using one stamping up bundle of stamps and dies or stamps and punch and possibly, you know, the paper that matches that if there is. And if not, I coordinate something with it. We meet at the cafe that I talked about earlier and they will make two of each project I have designed. So in the morning, we meet at 10, and they will make cards one and two, which is four cards completed. And then we stop, and everybody purchases their own lunch, and we visit a little bit, and we have lunch, so we've kind of become friends. And then after lunch, we do cards three and four, so they make four more cards. They also go home with um, designer series paper or and or embellishments and um one time we did little boxes and i don't see them or i would pull them out and show you the kind of little boxes i'm talking about and i always give them as part of their kit that product to take home with them so they can continue this at home well and this I is wonderful that and like if they purchase, if they order the bundle from me when they purchase, you know, when they RSVP for the class, I will pay the shipping and the tax on their purchase. It's their little break because they're paying for the monthly stamp club. 
But I really like that, that setup, and it works really well for me. Well, that's great. So I'm going to give a shout out to, okay, so Sherry Wilker is, Wilker is asking about pictures of your setup. And so we're going to leave in the, in the show notes, we're going to have a link to your Facebook page. And I will put, I'll put some actual photos. Right. And then you can also hear, or, you know, see how you're set up. Like they can watch that video that you went live. Right. right? I have two I videos that went live. One was, oh, what, the first day at noon because we we hit the ground running. And so I didn't do get to do a first thing Friday morning video. And I had already sold out of some things by that point, noon on Friday. It was crazy. And then I did one an hour and a half before the show ended. And you can see the difference. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. And then uh, I have a Canadian asking about Bonnie. Tina Morris is asking about Bonnie, how to find Bonnie. Bonnie is Bonnie, B-O-N-N-I-E, um, S-A-N-C-H-E. Okay, thanks. Okay. okay, And I'm pretty sure it's Creates with Bonnie. Okay, but so I will... can find her. Well, we'll link that in the show notes. Well, we'll, we we'll will. just write back to you on the comments is what I'm going to write. Yeah, we will get we'll get her information back to you because Bonnie yeah. is amazing. And then we have okay, so Christina Fullins here. Thank you. Linda's talking about the fun she had during the hurricane. <laughs> I think that's sarcasm. Right. Gwen is Scalero is here from New York. Leanne Hey from Indiana. Ali Rob. Yeah. And yeah, we have lots of people joining in. So this is we are definitely streaming. So I, I want to ask you, let's change to kind of the photography because one of the things I love about your your crafts okay they're 3d crafts and your cards your beautiful crafts is how you photograph and then share them so maybe a few photography tips for those okay. that want to take photos of their crafts and share them on a blog or on a website can you give some tips for that okay a lot of people use natural light i use forgive me for pulling this down i use this and this is a Cricut product and it is a natural it's like a um Mm, mm. Oh, what are they called? It's a natural daylight, light. Daylight, daylight. Yeah, there's a name for that, and it's just not coming. Daylight, to no. It's, but it's this really nice light, and I can change the settings on it and whatever. But I use this over my craft desk because it's wonderful. So when I go to photograph something, I used to play with the window and get the light all right because there is a window right there. You can tell by the glare of my glasses. But now what I do is I take. 12 by 12. This isn't 12 by 12. Basic white cardstock. And I will set this up like it's a photo table. And so I have a backdrop of white and a floor base of white like this or a desktop of white. I sit my products here okay. and I position the light over top but around the front angled in. So I'm lighting not just the top, but the front also. And I do this with my cards as well. And sometimes I will pull that all the way down and around, but I don't want to get harsh shadows. So I position the light. I just use my iPhone. Yeah, to that's photograph. great. But it's, it's, it's really about the lighting, isn't it? And it's like it's you're about the iPhone, lighting, which has a great lens on it too, but it's about the lighting. It's about the lighting. And getting that just right. And then I've been asked if I use, you know, fabulous software to um, 
to edit. I don't. I use just the iPhone to edit and I will crop them into a square and I sometimes might make them a little brighter just a little bit but I use you know I use the the stuff that comes on the phone I will transfer them over into a program and add my name to them right do your watermarking Excellent. I'm watermarking but that's all I'm really doing outside of that sometimes if I want it to have like a marble background or something I might change the background but overall I just kind of do this white or I have um uh, what's it called like i have a sheet that looks like marble it's just a background right, sheet. like a fake background like a yep and i have another that looks table. like white wood and i will use those too if i'm doing cards i used to always stand them up but now i lay them down but i will put a block a stamp block underneath to give it a little dimension so it's up off the table and that was a trip's a tip straight from uh cindy schuster who is a designer at Stamping Up. And she said that's how she photographs her things. Excellent. So maybe sometime I'll have you come on my Grow Your Crafty Business group and show this, like physically yeah. show this, because we can all benefit. I used to have, listen, really I good. used to have really good photos. umbrella lights and the whole thing going. And I used a, um, oh, like a science fair backdrop that I had my big vinyl sheets on. And I find the white, the white, and the good light made that much easier excellent excellent so my one of my former guests not the last one who is becky from guam but another guest asked a really interesting question and maybe you can give an answer for this one and think of something for a future guest but she said what scary inspired action did you take that at the time was really scary that you're really happy that you took now that you're that, that now looking back you really were happy you took that action what scary inspired action? It can be for your business or it can be personal. Hmm. Something that I, scared you and you did it anyway. I think in the beginning, doing that craft show, I knew yeah. I was investing a lot of time and getting ready. Um, they wanted a picture on my booth and I'm like, I have no booth. I've never done this. So I created a floor sketch, <laughs> a floor you. plan. And... Um, I took a picture of a covered table in my living room, mind you, and my little market stand. And I said, this is roughly what I'm going to do, I hope, if I'm selected. Good for you. And it was scary because I'm, I I invested, I had to start making before I received confirmation that I was in. And I'm like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? If, uh... But yeah, anyway, that was scary, but it was fun. Um, well, good. Good for you. I'm glad you did it because now it seems like it's just a great funnel for your business and it is funnels on this channel just things that bring people into your business at the beginning and then they become you know customers of the craft fair i'm not gonna they go lie cruise. they go on your you know, stamp club or just just making new friends it's all good right. and i'm not gonna lie um it's it's a lot of work and it's exhausting but it puts the fun in funnel <laughs> yes it does well good for you do you have any questions that you want me to ask my next guest and if you don't think of them now, you can always let me know. Oh, I would like to know what they think was their most worthwhile um, investment of time. Okay. In their business or in their personal life or whatever. See, for me personally, my most 
rewarding investment has been my children who are now my adult children but i stayed home for a number of years while they were going through elementary school and um, i was able to be that at-home mom who went on field trips and did the room mom thing and whatever and then when the youngest child was in fifth grade i went back to work and that was also a really good time to do that because there's a five-year difference between number one and number three and so well, a lot of mothers are relating right now. When I ask my mom what she's most proud of, because I'm I'm always trying to get philosophical with her now. She's not real warm and fuzzy in this kind of deep conversation. So I always have to say, like, what's on your bucket list or what are you most proud of? And I ask her questions like that. And she's always says her children. She's like, I'm so proud. My most like her legacy, you know, like that her children turned out the way they did. That's what she's most yep. proud of. I tear up thinking about it because like and this is what you're saying. You're most because you put that time in. That's why they are the way they are. And like one of the reasons. And so that's really nice. And I just think they're extraordinary, really good people. Um, my older two children are teachers and both have received several awards for their teaching. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Bethany is this year's teacher of the year. They both have received something in the CSRA called the Golden Apple Teacher Award. Aaron has been voted um, favorite teacher at two of the schools he has taught at. Naren's the one who moved away. <laughs> right. We're, and what I love about Ian. We're not holding a grudge that you moved no, away no, from no, your I'm mama keep, and grandmother. But I'm not going to keep dragging that up. The worst part was they no, insisted on taking the children. Um, and my youngest child, Ian, went to college in Atlanta and stayed there for 10 years afterwards. And, you know, really liked Atlanta. But when COVID was coming, he came home. And I thought that was great because he was sharing a house with friends. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're never going to be able to not get this. And what I've always admired the most about him is he's a really kind person. And I always said he was the family moral compass. He would tell us what was right and what was wrong. And, and uh, if one of his siblings was going to do something he thought was reprehensible, he would just tell them. <laughs> You just can't do that. <laughs> hey, that's that's good. Good morals, right? Good conscience. This is all we can hope for. So I want to just it's sum up our conversation. And I do, you know, really appreciate this. This has been so fascinating. I, I get to know you, even though I already know you and I've known you for years. I've learned many things in this conversation. Guys, I remember the first time I got to meet Kim in person. She was in Sumter at an event, and Sumter's a couple hours for me, but it's more than that for her. She was right. home from the retreat, the retreat from Guam. I was either home from Guam or one of the countries that I was. Right. And I was Guam so at the time. Yeah. Excited! I get there, and it's the infamous Kim. <laughs> and she does the weekly updates. It's Kim, and I was so excited to meet her in person. I think I got volunteered to do a display too, or something, or one of the. Well, one it's really funny because Jenny, another one of our uh, stamping sisters, her team is like that. Kim's going to be there. Oh, that's so sweet. We have Jenny, Keisha, Michelle, you. I'm trying to get, make sure we give a shout out to all our silver elites on our I team. I think that's it. You? Yeah, me. five of us, right? Yeah. And honorary Lisa will be honorary. Right. And we keep pushing Lisa to try and we, get there. but we, we invite her to our meetings. All yeah. right. So cool. So now I'm going to summarize. So today I have been interviewing and discussing uh, all kinds of 
selling tips and making and selling craft tips with Susan Edwards from Busy with the Cricky. And all of her information will be in the show notes. We talked about craft fair bestsellers, craft fair preparation, craft fair setup and checkout, and all the extra benefits of going to craft fairs. Of course, generating leads, meeting people, and having a lot of fun social experience. And there's other ways of generating leads as well. And she discussed those that newcomers group and other events happening in her community. She's very involved in her local community. She talked about having events at her house and fun little rooms that she's found, free places to have events. That helps maximize your profit when you find those places. And you're not going to find them unless you start getting out there into your community and talking to people because those things will just spring up. It's like you're a magnet for these things once you start saying you're looking for these things. She That's talked great. about her cruise that she's doing with Carnival, the crafty cruise, and everyone's going to get a nice fuzzy bathrobe and how much fun that's going to be. And she, lastly, we asked her about her photo tips and she explained her setup. And we'll try to get some pictures of that setup because her photos and her backgrounds are really epic. And you're going to see her on the artist and design team someday. I know you are because her crafts are fantastic. That's I really appreciate you coming on today and taking the time to discuss this your crafty business with us. And I know you'll, you know, in one year we'll be back here and you'll be talking about the incentive trip that you earned. Ah, uh, that's, that's sweet. Cool. I need a few more team members before I'm going to be able to do the incentive trip. But boy, I really want to do it. Well, and during celebration is the time coming up. That's so that's it. when you're going to get some. Yeah, you know, we have an awesome, awesome awesome um gift with a starter kit during celebration which will start in january i am very I, i'm gonna show that in my unboxing because they're gonna be like what? i just got my sample yesterday so that's yeah so that and is i just love it moment in what's that january 4th mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it, i'm super excited about yeah, this, this that's item. gonna be exciting it, it's a call it, it's a two-month celebration from january 4th to the end of we got a leap year, so we got an extra day. Ooh, it's going to go till the end of February. February 29th, right? yeah. Yeah. All right, well, thank you. And those of you that want to follow this podcast and see all the other episodes, the other first nine episodes, just go to hellocraftyfriends.com, and there you're going to get all the recordings from past episodes. You're going to be able to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and other platforms, and you're going to be able to join the Grow Your Crafty Business group where we do a weekly accountability check-ins, and I discuss lots of different topics that'll help you grow your crafty business of any kind, whether it's physical products or virtual businesses. Yeah, because she is the queen of growing the business, let me tell you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm just showing, I'm just telling, I'm just explaining what I've done is all I do in that group. I just, just life lessons, really. It's like, that's how you, you don't learn until you do it. So that's, let's get out there and do it. I mean, we, just do it's it. a business that helps people in so many ways, as you can imagine. And so it's very fulfilling as well. All right. So that's all for now. This is the paper chip and busy with the cookie. Busy with and the cookie. <laughs> saying goodbye. Bye. Thanks, Kim. Thank you for joining us on Hello Crafty Friends. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your feedback helps us inspire more crafty entrepreneurs just like you. Stay connected with our community and shape the direction of our podcast. Visit HelloCraftyFriends.com to join the Grow Your Crafty Business membership group. Until next time, keep crafting, keep thriving, and keep growing. Goodbye, crafty friends.